Welcome to my homestead, y'all. I'm your host, Jenny Veliki, also known as the Funky Farm Girl. I'm working to create a home with a little farm, a little faith, a lot of food, and a bit of funky. I'm learning all about growing and preserving our food supply, raising chickens and children, and becoming more self-sufficient while leaning hard on Jesus. And I want to take you along for the ride. So grab yourself a cup of something wonderful, and let's visit a while. This is Jenny Veliki, and you're listening to the Funky Farm Girl Podcast, Episode 31, Homesteading with Teenagers, Encouraging Them to Contribute at Home. We have a lot to talk about this week. If you're worried about the eye roll that you get from your teenagers every time you ask for help, we're going to address that today right here on the podcast. But first of all, let's start with our weekly feature. This week on the homestead, unfortunately, I have some sad news to share with you. Last week, I told you the story of Fred and Shaggy, our two roosters, who needed to swap houses in order for both of them to be a little more happy. And this week, I'm sad to report that Shaggy has passed away. Georgia went out Sunday morning to check on the chickens before we left for church, and Shaggy was dead inside the chicken coop. We don't exactly know what happened, but we were able to rule out that it was not an illness and there was no predator. Um, Honestly, what's really common in roosters is heart conditions and everything that we see points to that. So we just kind of have to take that as our answer and try to move forward from there. So it's been a little bit of a tough thing teaching the kids about loss and death on a homestead which unfortunately is more common than we wish it would be but it's been a good life lesson for us and so hopefully next week we will have a happier note to share with you about what's happening on the homestead so let's get into this week's episode this week I want to talk about why we need to get our teenagers to help us And then I want to break down how each of my girls are doing that in our house and and how we work through each of their different personalities and things to get them to help around the house and help specifically with the homestead. And then last of all, I want to give you five things to remember when you try to implement this with your own teens. And I just want to put a disclaimer here in the beginning. I know that we talk a lot about the fact that homesteading is about lifestyle and not location. And this is one of those episodes that's going to apply no matter where you live and no matter what kind of life you're currently leading. Yes, I'm going to be talking specifically about my girls in the homestead, but there are some principles, especially um, the five things I have you remember at the end that I really think will apply to pretty much every teenager so whether you live on a farm or whether you live in the city and you're practicing a couple homesteading um, things this is going to apply to you if you have teenagers or if you have older kids who are about to be teenagers basically anybody that's not a toddler 
you could do this with elementary school kids too so I think teenagers are a little more difficult if you haven't been doing this before now because you're going to get more attitude or eye roll or resistance from them in whatever form that may come but I really want to concentrate on teenagers because I have three of them so let's talk about why why do we want to encourage our teenagers to contribute at home whether that be through household chores or helping with the cooking or you know working on the homestead why would we even care about them helping us number one we want them to feel like part of the team we we really really instill in our girls that our home and our family work together as a unit as a team and everybody on that team is important everybody has a job that is their job to do and their way of contributing to our family that is valuable that pretty much no one else can do but them and it's the thing that we rely on them for and the thing that makes them feel needed and worthwhile and valuable and important and those things especially for teenagers is a really big deal so we want them to feel like part of the team and two we need them to be on the team because I don't know about you but I can't do everything on my homestead by myself. I can't homeschool my girls and feed everybody and keep the house clean and weed the garden and take care of all the produce that comes in from that garden and also take care of the chickens. It's not a one-woman job. It's It requires a team effort. And so making sure number one that they feel valued and they feel like they're contributing but also showing them how needed they are that this is not just mom running the show and and otherwise you're just there to to eat and be provided with entertainment and allowance money Um, we really want them to feel like they are part of the team part of the family unit number two We want to build their work ethic. Homesteading is hard work. It's doing things the long, old-fashioned way rather than the quick, easy, efficient way a lot of times. It's digging and manual labor and raking and, and hauling wheelbarrows and doing things like scooping chicken poop that is not the most desirable task in the world. But if we can train our girls and your children um you may have boys at home right now i only have three girls my boy has already moved out so i have a tendency to say girls but i'm including your guys in this too um if we can train them at home to do the difficult things to be willing to to pitch in and help when it comes to the needs in the family no matter what it is even if it's a gross job like scrubbing toilets or scooping chicken poop will build a work ethic for them that will really benefit them later on in adulthood when they're getting a job and going out into the corporate workplace or when they decide that they want to be self-reliant themselves 
and build a business of their own because I'm telling y'all it's hard work out there and they need to know how to do that and they're not going to learn to do that by staying home and playing video games and streaming Netflix all afternoon. So building that work ethic in them that's another really big why um, for encouraging them to contribute at home. And last but not least, and I touched on this just a minute ago, we're training them for their future. They're, these are the future people who will be employed in the workforce, um, either self-employed at their own businesses or working in an office or a corporation or a store or a building or whatever it is. They're going to have jobs. And even if they don't have jobs, for our girls, we're training them that at one point in their life, even if they're single, they're going to have a home of their own to manage. And they're going to need to know how to balance work and household chores and chasing after goals and responsibilities and children and all those kinds of things. And the only way they're really going to learn to do that and do that well is if I invite them to come alongside me doing those things now. And so with each of my girls, I'm making sure that they do have a small job that's just theirs. That's like a daily everything, everyday kind of thing. Um, But for the most part, a lot of the work that our girls do at home is not assigned work. It's, okay, mom has this big job to do today and I'm going to pick you to help me with it or we have this gigantic project over here so all hands on deck kind of thing so that they know these are the kinds of things that that they need to be aware of that happen in a home that they need to be prepared to know how to manage and work through and schedule into their day so We want them to feel like part of the team. We want to build a good work ethic and we want to train them for their future. So everybody on board? Now we know why we're doing this. So let's talk about how specifically I encourage my teenagers to contribute at home. And we'll start with my youngest teenager who is technically just a teenager at this point. Georgia is 11 years old. And she is my outdoorsy girl. She loves everything about the outdoors. She loves the sunshine and she loves the rain and she loves the plants and the flowers and the trees and the animals and every part of it. And she would stay outside all day long, every day, if I would let her. And so knowing that about her, I want to use that when I'm trying to encourage her to work around the home and so I'm going to give her jobs that are outside I'm going to give her jobs that interact with the plants and the animals on our homestead she has a wonder and a fascination in learning how things grow whether it's a plant or an animal she's the one that will get down in the dirt with me and let me explain to her that this part of the plant comes up and it produces this that has the seed here and it it does this and that to to pollinate or to grow or do you see this part over here and how it's doing this and that shows us evidence of this pest or this disease that may be coming 
and she's very very interested and she soaks all that up like a sponge so she is the one that I call on to help me with most of my garden chores because while she's out there she wants to learn and she wants to grow in that she's also the one that pays the most attention to details when it comes to our animals and so I really like that she is my second hand um, when it comes to our chickens and our cats because she will notice things that I don't see or she'll go out there and be content to just sit and play and spend time with them when I don't have the ability to do that all the time. She is a nurturer by nature. She wants to take care of things. Um, So she really thrives on being given her own things to do. So we have assigned her um, the task of taking care of the chickens. And so she goes out there and she holds them and plays with them and pets them every day. She checks for their eggs. She's the one that helps me clean out the chicken coops. She is always on the lookout for injuries and disease. Um, Just today, she came and told me that Blanche, one of our Isa Brown hens, was walking a little bit funny, and it looked like the little ID bracelet on her leg was too tight. And so we went out there, and she was able to get her and scoop her up and bring her to me and hold her while I examined her leg. And it happened that that little bracelet that is supposed to open up and expand like a coil had not done that. And it was cutting into her leg. And I had to pry it off and remove it. And she was able to talk to Blanche and keep her calm and happy while I was messing with her foot. And then after I took off the bracelet, it was bleeding some. And she held her while I put gauze and a bandage around it so that the blood would not attract the other chickens to peck her foot. And I asked her when we were done, anybody else need some attention? And she says, no, I think everybody else is good. And I can trust her to take the time to do that and to pay attention. So like I said, we give Georgia tasks such as chicken work and garden work those types of things. She's also one that is very artistic. And so anytime I need help with decorating, whether it's getting ready for a party, um, putting out holiday decorations, making something beautiful for someone, um, or if I'm doing something to take care of someone else, like making a care package for a friend who's sick or has had a baby or has had a death in the family, she's the one that usually helps me with all those kinds of things. And she's happy to do it because I'm, I'm aiming those, those tasks at the child that has those types interests and heart. So... Let's move on to my middle daughter, Amber, who is 13. Now, Amber is not at all crazy about the chickens or the garden. She loves to be outside, but she wants to be out there by herself, and she wants to be there with her music, and she doesn't want anybody out there with her or bothering her. Amber is more at home in the kitchen. She loves food. She loves learning about food. She loves learning to cook. And she takes a great deal of pride 
in learning how to master a recipe and learning how to do it well. And she's also one that really likes to see the value in her work. So when I give her the job of cooking a meal for us, doing food prep that's going to help me be able to get dinner ready quickly or get something ready to can or preserve, when I give her any kind of kitchen work, she can visually see how she's contributing. There is a physical thing that she's making that serves our family by feeding us well or feeding someone else or taking a task off of my to-do list or helping me be able to finish a, a dish faster because of her help. And so that just lights her up. She loves that and so that's what we encourage her to do. So we have given her opportunities. For example, she makes banana bread on a regular basis for my sister-in-law who buys her banana bread and keeps it in her freezer for when she has a sick friend or a death in the family or things like that. She has banana bread that she can take to that friend or to that family member um, that Amber has made for her. Amber will regularly make desserts to take over for Sunday lunch at Nanny's house. She'll make things to take when we have a a family birthday party or event to go to. She'll offer to make something to bring and then that's something I don't have to do. She's all the time asking me what vegetables need to be cut up and prepped. Anything like that. Um, she's really, really good at and so she is my go-to when it comes to any kind of kitchen work. And then last but not least, we have Gracie. Gracie is 17 years old, and she loves the satisfaction of seeing a job well done. She will put her head down and work hard at whatever task I give her to do. And she really, really likes to have a job that she can just take charge and just get it done and work hard and maybe delegate a little bit but she really prefers to work independently and just plow through and get it done so she wants to feel important and needed and she likes to organize and clean and she's real comfortable using tools and heavy equipment that I'm not for example, she's really, really good with the riding lawnmower with the wagon on the back to pull it all around and haul things um, from one end of the yard to the other or from one, one part of the property to the other. And I'm not as comfortable with that. She's okay with using power tools and, and other types of tools to build or repair something. And those are things that, are again, are not my strong suit. She's really good at organizing and cleaning. And I can give her a task like that and just let her come up with her own way to do it. And most of the time, it's much better than what I would have done. And so those types of things tend to go to Gracie. So I have my outdoorsy girl that takes care of my chickens and gardening, helps me with decorating, and helps me take care of people who need a meal or something like that. Uh, I have my girl that loves to be in the kitchen helping me with all aspects of food prep and cooking and baking. And then I have my girl who loves the cleaning and organizing and the outdoor work that's harder to do, um, 
and requires tools or equipment or things like that that I'm not as comfortable with. So I really have a great team working with me. And all of these things together really take a load off of Michael, my husband, because there are so many things that we as a team can take care of on our own and they don't get added to his long to-do list when he's off work. So his job mostly is to go to work and to earn the paycheck that gives us the means to do all the other things that we do. And so we really try to minimize what he's needed, not needed is not the right word, what we need of him when he's home so that he has more time to rest and recuperate from the work that he does because he does work a very physical job and we want him to be able to rest and relax when he's home. So I have five things that I want you to remember and think about when it comes time to encouraging your own kids whether they be teenagers maybe you even have a college student at home that has not really had to do much until now um, or an elementary school kid that's maybe a little bit older and what are some things that I want you to remember when you are trying to encourage them to contribute more at home Number one, give them a choice. I always will say, okay, I need somebody to do this job. Who wants it? Or I will say, okay, I have these three things that I need to do. Which of these would you like to take on? Um, and that really, just instead of telling them, go do this, it, it really gives them a little bit more power and a little bit of control and they get to choose how they're going to contribute. And that really goes a long way towards helping their attitude in, in contributing and doing their part of the work at home. So when at all possible, give them a choice. Now, like I said, my girls have a daily task every day. They are in charge of doing the dishes and that's just non-negotiable. And on Tuesdays, Georgia is required to take out all the trash and take it up to the road for the trash pickup. Um, that's not negotiable either, whether she feels like it or not. Amber has to do the litter box every day, whether she feels like it or not. So there are daily tasks where you just learn to do them with a happy heart because it's, it's your job. But for the most part, I really try to give them a choice in how they're going to be able to contribute. Number two, consider their talents and interests. Like I just showed you with Georgia and with Amber and with Gracie, really noticing what your kids are good at, what they love to do, what lights them up, and really try to tailor the things that you give them responsibility over Tailor them to fit those things as much as you possibly can. And that will really empower them to work hard and to really try to do a good job because they really do want to please us and make us happy. And the more that we can pave the way to give them success in that, the better off we both are. And so give them a choice when possible and consider their talents and their interests. And then, number three, allow them to try it their way. 
you may have been taught to mop a certain way and you think that you need to mop a floor that way or there's no other way to do it. Your kid may come up with a way better way to do it than you have done it. Or he may come up with a way that seems to require more time or more work from your point of view. But if they're doing it with a happy heart, let it go. Just let it go. Work that's done is done. Done is better than perfect. Um, Yes, we do want to give them a standard to strive for. But in our family, done is much, much better than perfect. And so it doesn't have to be a 101% effort. Um, It doesn't need to be absolute perfection. And it doesn't need to be done the way I do it. If they have a better way of doing it or a way that they're more comfortable doing it and they're still able to do a really good job, then go for it. Do it your way. Number four, um, after we give them a choice and we consider their talents and interests and we let them do it their own way, when they're done, acknowledge their contribution. Tell them thank you. Show them how it made an impact. Comment on how good they did. Um, Thank them for the meal. Thank them for, you know, wow, I'm so glad that I don't have to clean out this chicken coop because now I have time to do this. Um, Just really acknowledge that, that they're working hard and that you appreciate it and that it helps. Um, they, they really need to know that what they're doing matters. They need to know that they're not doing things just to check it off a list and that it doesn't mean anything and that it's not a waste of time. Um, That their contribution is valued and needed. And then number five, pull your own weight. This one is hard because sometimes we can delegate out all the work and not do any ourselves. And we really want to make sure that we're pulling our own weight. Don't ever ask your kid to do something you're not willing to do too. Um, Maybe sometimes they need to see if the attitude is particularly bad and the eye roll is particularly hard. Maybe what we need to do is to show them that we're in it with them. How can you be in it with them in that task? Can you go and scoop out the chicken coop with them? Can you spend a little bit of time showing them that you can cook just like they can or you can help them sweep or maybe you just acknowledge that it's a really big job and and maybe two people should be doing it but make sure that what you're doing is you're pulling your weight that it's not that your kids are your slaves or your farm hands that are unpaid for their labors but that they see that mom and dad work hard And that mom and dad want them to contribute as part of the team. And there's no star player that just sits on the bench and takes all the credit. That everybody is involved and everybody is working and everybody is pulling their own weight. So, which one of these tips can you apply in encouraging your teenagers to contribute at home. Do you have any of your own ideas? I'd really love it if you would go find me at the Funky Farm Girl on Instagram and drop me a comment or a direct message and let me know how this episode was helpful for you. And next I want to tell you about our upcoming homestead holiday season 
series. Um, we are going to be doing a four-part series on the Homestead holiday over the next four weeks, starting next Wednesday with a No Harried Holiday episode to help you reduce your stress and get ready for all the upcoming events. Then we're going to kick it off with a Homesteader's wish list. If you are so excited about all the things that you've been learning on this podcast and you want to use Christmas as a time to ask for things that can help you build your homesteading skills or your self-reliant um, skills that you've been learning, um, this episode is going to be for you. I'll, show, I'll share with you all the things that should be on a homesteader's wish list. Things that you will need in the upcoming year that you may want to go ahead and ask for now. The next episode will be a minimalist gift giving guide. If you're worried about wasting money on gifts that will just be given to Goodwill next year or just create a lot of clutter. Maybe you've been minimizing your home over this past year and you don't want to add to anybody's clutter in their house. We're going to talk about all kinds of different ideas for all kinds of different people in your life and different things that you can add to your gift list ideas to give a minimalist kind of Christmas this year. And then last but not least, we'll wrap it up with a homemade holiday homemade homestead holiday episode and in this episode i'll give you the lowdown on several little homemade things that you can do at home at the last minute for all those people that are on your list that you forgot about until the last minute maybe you need a last minute hostess gift or you have a secret santa exchange or you forgot to give your mail carrier a gift these will all be great for all of those types of situations so I hope you'll join me for all four of those episodes beginning next week. In the meantime, if you will click the link in my show notes, I'd love to add you to my email list. This week, I'll be releasing five tips for a less harried holiday, and I'd love to send it to you. So go to the link in the show notes and sign up for my email newsletter, and when these five tips are released they'll be sent to your inbox join me next week for the beginning of our holiday series see you then thanks for stopping by y'all if you're inspired by what you've heard today the best compliment you can give me is to share the funky farm girl with your friends you can stay connected by following the funky farm girl on instagram facebook and youtube until we meet again next week, remember to bloom where you're planted.